This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, February 5th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. A new Department of Defense report ordered by the White House argues that low-yield nuclear weapons for targeting smaller areas should be a more substantial part of the nuclear arsenal. But that thinking assumes that the relative size of nuclear weapons used in war is really a hair that can be split. Cato Institute policy analyst Eric Gomez comments on the new report. Well, nuclear weapons are pretty useful at deterring uh, nuclear attacks on your homeland, um, but that's sort of it. Uh, that That is the absolute most valuable thing they're useful for. But for extending deterrence to our allies, preventing them from being taken over, for example, uh, the U.S. likes to do that, but it's kind of unclear whether or not that is a credible threat. Like, would we actually risk our own country um, in an enemy retaliation for the sake of a country somewhere else. So if, if there were a nuclear or non-nuclear attack on one of our allies, it's not clear that the United States would be willing to do for the second time in human history, use a nuclear weapon in order to protect someone that isn't the United States. That's right. So a lot of what U.S. nuclear strategy is about is trying to make that credible, right? Trying to make the adversary believe that you would. And for the sake of that, we developed things during the Cold War uh, things like low-yield low nuclear weapons that would be more easy to use and not inflict as much damage. Um, and we would station nuclear weapons and troops abroad in other countries to serve as a tripwire uh, should those countries be attacked so we would have skin in the game. And the Trump nuclear posture review is kind of continuing a lot of those trends in terms of putting a, more, putting a greater emphasis on low-yield nuclear weapons um, and also talking about how they're important for stabilizing places that are currently a bit shaky. So the the idea would be a low-yield nuclear weapon is one where you can take out a much smaller area yeah. and not, not, in, not of the size of Los Angeles or New York City, but maybe some strategic area. Right. So imagine you want to destroy an airfield in Russia, and that airfield is near a town or a small city. If you use a weapon that has a yield of, say, 300 or so kilotons and you drop it on the airfield, it kills the airfield, but it also can kill a lot of people in the area around the airfield. So the idea behind low-yield weapons is I just want to destroy that target and reduce as much as possible the damage that I do to the surrounding area. Um, and the idea is that if you just use something that's low – Maybe the end, and you don't kill as many people. Maybe the adversary won't respond with an overwhelming retaliation. Now, I think that's nonsense. I think if mushroom clouds are going up over Russia, Putin's not going to give a damn whether the yield was a five kiloton or a three hundred kiloton or a megaton. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't think that threats to sort of use these low yield weapons are very credible. And we have conventional weapons that have megaton sized. Uh, effects. <laughs> Maybe not megaton size, but definitely, yes, the United States has... Kiloton. Sorry. Right. Yeah, the United <laughs> States has spent a lot of time developing really sophisticated conventional weapons that have uh, very high precision, very high damage potential. And that's one thing that's kind of weird about this review. So the Obama administration in 2010 tried to downplay the role of nuclear weapons, making precisely this kind of argument, saying that the United States is much more conventionally stronger now compared to its adversaries, and we don't need to rely on these weapons as much. But Trump seems to be taking us back to the good old days of the Cold War in the 1980s, where 
no, like we believe that nuclear weapons have this um, value and we're going to put our money where our mouth is and try to invest in newer low-yield capabilities. And it, it seems you're at a certain point, I think your argument is that we're sort of splitting hairs right. at the point at which we're deciding, well, this wasn't that bad of a nuclear weapon. Right, right. And uh, you're saying that anybody who is the recipient of such a uh, delivery isn't going to care about the so relative size of the explosion. Right. Um, I've been reading a book recently about the Vietnam War and how so we got into it. It's called The Best and the Brightest. I can't remember the author off the top of my head. But in that book, there's a part of it where they talk about uh, sort of war games that were done uh, with a nuclear exchange with the Soviet Union back in the Cold War. And it, the war games were trying to find out if we started something that was relatively limited in scope, would it stay limited or would it just spiral out of control? And I think they said almost every time they ran the game, it always spiraled out of control. And I think that that is the problem with nuclear weapons. So the use of it, I think, is is right on that money. But what I think the hope of the Trump administration is that by investing in these sort of low-yield capabilities, even if, you know, using them would be disastrous and result in the end of all life as we know it, that uh, you sort of make Moscow think twice about making similar threats, um, which I think is a it's a nonsense stuff for a whole bunch of other reasons, but we can get into that later. <laughs> right. David Halberstam is the author that you're yeah. looking for the best. And you and Steve Bannon agree on the uh, importance of that particular <laughs> book. Uh, so what is this substantial difference here and what can we read into, if anything, about the difference between this uh, nuclear posture of you between previous presidents and this one? Well, I think it's a, it's a bit of a – a setback for strategic stability, right? This concept of, um, you know, not having nuclear escalation or reducing the dangers of it in a, in a conflict. Um, but at the end of the day, the NPR is also very uh, ambitious and it's not very concrete. It's more of a wish list of what the administration would like to see happen. Um, Congress would still have to approve funding sources and the military would still have to develop plans to actually you know, make these things. And it's not clear that um, one new system, for example, that the Trump administration wants is a nuclear-capable sea-launched cruise missile, which the Navy was happy to get rid of um, eight years ago and are don't really show any interest in bringing back. Um, so the stuff that is in this review won't necessarily come to pass, um, but it is a good insight into how the DOD and how the Trump administration sort of thinks about these sorts of things. And um, I think it's a pretty uh, dangerous ways of thinking in a number of ways. Um, so I hope that a lot of it doesn't come to pass. Eric Gomez is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 